Hello, and welcome to Women With Books. I'm your host, author, Lindsay Emery. I want to start off with a huge, warm welcome to all the listeners who have joined me recently. I am so excited that you're here. If you're listening because of Sarah Wendell's romance podcast recommendations, I just want to say, frankly, you're in the right place for you. Like, obviously, listen to Smart Bitches Trashy Books. She's Sarah is the OG of romance pods. But then, you know, listen to her and then come here because, you know, it's like peanut butter and jelly. We go good together. I took a podcasting break this last month to get some episodes ready and scheduled for the next few months, and I really think you're going to love what's coming up, including today's episode with Christy Woodson Harvey. And we laughed so much during this episode, and it's so funny. I totally didn't know that this episode's release date and her book release date was going to coincide with the season premiere of Southern Charm on Bravo. So, you know, her book is The Secret to Southern Charm. There's a show on Bravo about these, it's a reality show set in Charleston called Southern Charm, and now they've got one in Savannah and maybe New Orleans. But, um, yeah, it's one of my main reality show guilty pleasures. And somewhere out there, there's a very smart, slightly evil publicist who is laughing at all of us because we didn't understand that all of these things were going to work together. But um, I had this idea. Let's do something for Christy and for women with books. If you repost my social media about this episode, uh, which I put up the day it's released, uh, you can find it at Women With Books Facebook page or my Lindsay Emery Twitter at Lindsay underscore Twitter, uh, (laughs) Lindsay underscore Emery on Twitter, or my Instagram, which is at Lindsay Emery. And you can repost the things I say about this, uh, my graphics about this episode, and use the hashtag Southern Charm. And I was thinking, what if we could get this book on Bravo, or get some of these people to read? I mean, it just makes sense. Southern Charm, on Bravo, The Secret to Southern Charm, which is a book about Georgia. These things need to go together, right? Because I dream big, people. I dream B-I-G big. Let's get it on Bravo. (laughs) I also just wanted to note in the show notes that you'll find a link to Christy's design blog, which we talked about in the episode. She's going to be posting tons of cool stuff about um, the new book in on the blog. And um, once you hear us talking about it, I'm sure you're going to want to go there and check it out. Also, we talk a lot about the first book in the series. It's called Slightly South of Simple. And I've put a link to that in the show notes because right now, when her book, her second book is being released, they put the first book on sale for $1.99. So go to the show notes, click that. Because if you like what you hear in the episode, you're going to want to read both books because they're kind of like birthday cake and ice cream. I mean, you could have them separate, but you want to have them together. I mean, they're really best together. Um, So, yeah, with that (laughs) very wise advice from me, bravo, birthday cake and ice cream, uh, let's get on with the interview with Kristen, Christy Woodson Harvey. Welcome to our guest today, Christy Woodson Harvey. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I've been wanting to have you on for a while. I'm so glad we were finally able to make it happen. I know, me too. Um, I read the first book that in the series that we're about to start talking about, uh, Slightly South of Simple, last year on vacation, and oh, it just was so perfect and made me so happy while I was on that beach that I knew that I needed to spread the word and and let other people be happy. So (laughs) we'll get started about that. Uh, The new book uh, that you have coming out is The Secret to Southern Charm, which is an amazing title, by the way, and we'll talk about that in a second. Um, But it's the sequel to what I just said, The Slightly South of Simple. And I would love for you to tell us a little bit about the the world of Peachtree Bluff and the characters. 
Absolutely. Well, Peachtree Bluff, oh my goodness, I love it so much. Um, I have to be honest in that um, when I originally started writing this series, I was setting it in Beaufort, North Carolina, which is where I live, um, which is very, very similar to Peachtree Bluff, Georgia. Um, but my editor um, actually also works with Mary Alice Monroe. And if you've read her books, you know she writes about the South Carolina low country. And so she was like, okay, I've got Mary Alice writing about South Carolina and I've got you writing about North Carolina. And, you know, when you go to other states that are in the South, people don't really differentiate. She was like, let's, let's write about somewhere else. So I was like, okay, I'm going to write about coastal Georgia. And so I did a lot of research on coastal Georgia. And fortunately for my purposes, um, it ended up being a lot like Beaufort, North Carolina. So, um, so that worked out really well. Um, but I loved writing about a new place and getting to kind of create this fictional town and these sort of quirky characters that are in it. Um, and the story, the series, is really about these three grown sisters um, who all, for very different reasons, end up coming home to live with their mother for a year, um, which is every mother's dream, right? <laughs> <laughs> not, not just their kids, their grandkids, too. <laughs> Yes, the kids and the grandkids, yes. So she has got this whole, she has this sort of simple, easy little life. She's been widowed for um about 16 years and and so she's um getting used to her empty nest and her quiet and her routine and um and all of a sudden this this whole family sort of descends on her again all at once and at the same time that all these girls come back um jack who is ansley the, the mother's first love comes back to peach tree bluff and he is carrying with him one of her biggest secrets so um that's sort of where the story begins and and there's some some good tension with that right off the bat Yeah, it's, I wasn't, so when I picked this book up, and I don't remember, I must have seen it, or I've been drawn by the beautiful cover, I mean, because you have great covers. Thank you. But, um, so Slightly South of Simple, when I got it, I did not expect so much drama, and and, (laughs) and in in a beautiful way. I mean, it's like a civilized soap opera or something. (laughs) I'm just trying to, like, think, or... um, a Southern telenovela. Or... <laughs> I love that. A Southern telenovela. Can can we write that down? Can we use that as an endorsement? That's awesome. Yes, I would love to because I'm thinking of, I was just like, oh, look, they all have these, um, you know, they're these pretty women and they live in these beautiful houses and then they, you know, have these, you know, melodic names and then you go, whoa, what, what just happened there? Well, I have to tell you, I actually pitched the idea for this series um, over the phone to, uh-huh. my, to my now editor. We were not working together. I was um, I was at Penguin Random House before, and so this was a new editor for me, um, and just got the crazy idea for this series, pitched it to her over the phone, um, and when I told her this sort of key secret of the book, which is, you know, you've read it, so I won't tell everyone because mm-hmm. it kind of gives it away. But it was one of those moments where I thought she's either going to say, you are absolutely out of your mind insane. That will never work. Or she's going to love it. And she was like, oh my gosh, I've never read that before. You have to write that. And I was like, yes. Um, But I just wanted to write a series that was fun and summery. And, um, you know, I hope that, that readers, you know, come away with maybe a little insight or get a little something deeper out of the books too. But um, they're summer reads, they're beach books, and I want people to have fun and to be able to sort of laugh at the characters and sort of have those gaspable moments. Um, but I didn't want it to, to be something that took itself too seriously. Yeah, no, I and I think it's very relatable. I mean, even though I just compared it to a soap opera, it's not like they're all in this peach tree bluff castle with, you know, <laughs> Stefano Demira coming in. I mean, it's, it's very relatable. And it's just funny. I, I don't know. I just because we've had the Olympics on so much in the yes. last few weeks. Yes. Every morning now when I turn on the TV, it's always on NBC already and Days has been on. So mm-hmm. I've been uh, <laughs> like going, oh, yeah, I forgot about all those people. Anyway, so that's where I get my Stefano Demira reference. That's um, awesome. Anyway, it's very relatable. There's still real people. You know, um, I was just reading a scene uh, yesterday about, um, you know, the grandma's cleaning up after her grandkids and they're yeah. peeing on themselves and, <laughs> and drawing on the walls. And so it's it's still this beautiful, relatable family, but they've got some high drama. And, um, and, and it's just, and it's just like the perfect beach read because you feel like you could know these people. And, you know, even their secrets are not that 
that crazy. Um, yeah. Well, maybe one is, but um, <laughs> you know, there's there's infidelity. There's um, the the part about I, I'm going all over the place, but now I'm just so yeah, excited to talk good. to you. Um, the part about the the new book, Secret Southern Charm, is yeah. that it starts off where the last one finished, mm-hmm. and um, Sloane's husband is MIA in Iraq. Yes. And it, I I cried like the first three chapters. <laughs> oh, you did. Oh, I did. I'm so glad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, it's just, she's, you know, she's a sing. well, she's a, an army wife with two yeah. little kids and yeah. totally in love with her husband at this point in the book still. I, like I said, I haven't finished it yet. So it's yeah, no, happens. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, we can all relate Relate to to. yeah for sure well and I think Sloan and Adam you know her husband who's who's MIA they were sort of interesting for me to write because I feel like of all the stories I've written and all the characters I've written I think Sloan and Adam have um maybe the most traditional marriage where you know she really is like this stay-at-home mom and wife and her job is to be this army wife like by her man to the end and it was really interesting to get to kind of write that character and to get to sort of be in the mind of someone who um, has a, a really different set of like pressures and responsibilities put on her day to day. You know, I feel like in general, you know, a lot of us maybe don't have that same kind of pressure to be like that perfect wife and mother anymore. I mean, our roles are sort of changing a little bit. Um, and I, I feel like for Sloane, you know, she really has kind of a different a different life than any of the characters that I'd written before. Um, and I think that's going to be interesting to see how readers respond to that and how they relate to it. Um, but I hope they do. And I hope they can sort of understand, you know, Sloane's life and her role and, and what she's going through and what she's feeling. Because in that moment, you know, where she realizes that her husband's gone, I think for Sloane, it's more than just realizing my partner and my husband and the love of my life may be gone, but it's like all of a sudden, none of none of, nothing in her life makes sense if he's not there anymore. And so I think for her, it's even more than just the realization of, you know, the love of my life is probably enduring something horrible right now, but it's like, where do I go from here? And who am I again? You know, that sort of thing. Um, so it was, it was hard to write in some ways, but also, um, really interesting to write too, to kind of get to be in the head of this different character than maybe what I normally write. Well, so far, like I said, I'm, I'm crying. I'm there with her (laughs) (laughs) and I can't even imagine what that went through, but you've done a great job describing it. Um, one of the things I thought was kind of interesting about when I read the first one, and I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if you were going to continue it with the second one, was you have two POVs, point of view, yeah. points of view, and between Ansley, who's kind of the the mother of the do- uh, the three daughters, mm-hmm. and then with you go back and forth between her, and then in the first book it was Caroline, and then now it's Sloan, in the second book, and I was wondering what, how did you decide to go back and forth between the the mom and and each of the daughters. Well, you know, I think more than anything, um, when I was thinking about this series, and I've never written a series before, this is something that's new for me. And so in a lot of ways, it was intimidating. Um, And it was sort of my new editor's idea. She was like, I feel like this would be good for you. I think it would be growth. I think you need to do it. Um, And so in some ways, I was intimidated. And in some ways, I was so excited because I thought, you know, what would it be like to have the opportunity to spend all these pages with these characters? Um, So just I think when I was thinking about you know, how does this plot make sense? And and what is the best way to kind of unveil each of these women's stories, but also show their really distinct relationships? Um, I sort of played around with the idea of, you know, doing it in third person and having each of their stories equally weighted through all three books. But I liked the idea of getting to the end of each book and having one story sort of tied up nicely with a bow and then having one story, um, still sort of left open. And and so I think it made the most sense at that point um, to give each sister her own book, but then have Ansley, the mother, sort of be the thread um, that kind of runs through all the stories. Because I, I hope and I think um, that readers will feel that Ansley really is kind of the thread running through these sisters. She's sort of what bonds these very different women together. And 
I think, you know, as the story continues to unravel, you can see sort of which each of the sisters garnered from their mother. And then, of course, how they're very different from her, too, um, which is just the beauty and the fun of getting to write all these different family dynamics. And so I just want to clarify. So there yeah. will be a third book. Um, Emerson? Yes. Yes, okay. Emerson. Yes. <laughs> Good, because I'm reading this now. I'm like, if I don't get this Emerson book, I don't know. I mean. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, year? I think I would have a lot of people be really mad at me because there are definitely <laughs> some cliffhangers at the end of book two that I think people will be like, are you kidding me? Like, you just yeah. left me like that. I had some, you know, a lot of people didn't realize that, that Slightly South of Simple was the first book in a series. And I had a lot of, like, emails like, I really loved this book, but why would you end it like that? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there's going to be another one don't worry um but yes we will get more from emerson and um i'm so excited about her and her story and um i think she's going to be a really fun character she's kind of a blend of the two sisters like caroline is super brash and sassy and sometimes you want to be like you don't have to be so honest you know it's okay like you don't have to say that um and then sloan is a little milder and probably the sweetest of the sisters and i think emerson's kind of like a blend you know she has a lot of heart but she's also kind of sassy too so um i think she's going to be fun to write yeah i definitely want to know more about her because of also uh, we, we'll get into it later. I mean, okay. the movie she was in in the first book, I still yes. have some issues with, but I don't <laughs> want to spoil that for anyone. But um, yeah, well, I wanted to say also, I I agree that I didn't realize the first book was going to be the first in the series. I mean, there's mm-hmm. you know, no way I would have known that. But right. um, I think also because beach books, women's fiction books of this kind haven't often been series. They've often been single title. Mm-hmm. But I really do enjoy that. Um, and now I hope other authors will do that, too, because getting into the world, the town, the family um, is so rich when you know, oh, I'm going to get three books to really dive in. It's it's I, I recommend it. <laughs> well, good. Well, I'm glad you like it. And I'll just tell you um, the movie thing that comes up again in book two. So you're going to get a, you're, you're going to get some more of that. They've mentioned it like once, and I'm like, you, you guys, we need to get more into that. Yep, yep, <laughs> no, no, they, they get into it in book two. Okay, good. That's probably like next chapter. I was going to sleep last night, and I was like, one more chapter, honey, one more chapter. And then, yeah, when they're on the boat, when they're on the boat, that, that definitely comes up. So I don't know okay. if you've gotten there yet. But... I was on the boat, yes, yes. Okay, so, okay, yeah, well, okay. then you're, yep, then you're probably really close. Okay. Um, you said something about each of their relationships and that is something that I really also note about the book is that you've got three sisters their mom their grandma and it's I think you do a great job of capturing that each of these people have different relationships in this you know like each of the sisters relates to each other differently and the mom can talk to certain daughters different ways Mm -hmm. and I was wondering how much of that comes from your own um you know experience with your mom or I don't if you have any sisters or friends well first thank you because um that was something that was very important to me going into this I wanted each of these sisters to have a different relationship with one another I didn't want it to be like oh the family and we all are one bit you know I wanted it I wanted everyone to have kind of that different relationship and for it to feel sort of distinct um and I think for me I mean I'm an only child Um, I am very close to my mother and so I think some of you know sort of the closeness that these girls have to their mother um has definitely been inspired by that but my mom and I also have a relationship where um you know, I think sometimes as you grow up and you get older, sometimes your mother doesn't want to say things or doesn't want to step on your toes. And my mom always tells me what she thinks exactly. You know, she is, she does not shy away from that. She is still like very much there giving me her advice. And she said to me so many times that um, it's difficult to parent adult children because, you know, you have a shifting role in their life. Whereas, you know, growing up, obviously you were the one making the rules and telling them what to do and giving them advice. Then when you're grown up and you have your own kids and your own family and your own husband and all of those things, it's sort of hard to know, like, where do you step in and where do you step back? And I, that, that really was um, very helpful for me in writing the character of Ansley, because I think you'll see throughout this series, there are spaces where Ansley kind of struggles. Like, where is my role here? How much do I say? You know, if I say this, 
well, this kind of thing happened. You know, she is, um, she is very much a part of her daughter's lives, but she's also very thoughtful about how and where she inserts herself. And, and I think in The Secret of Southern Charm, you see that even more. And I'm, I think you've probably read some of those parts where mm -hmm. she and her own mother have a real difference of opinion about how she is mothering Sloan through this crisis. Um, and so I think that was kind of interesting. You know, obviously I'm, I'm the mother of a six-year-old. So to think about being the mother of, you know, grown-ups and what that would be like and how that would be different. Um, but I'm an only child, which is um, obviously different. But my mom has three sisters. And so I feel like growing up, they're, they're so close, all of them, but they all have these very different relationships and they're all very different from one another. They grew up very much the same. Um, of course, they have the same parents. They grew up in the same house. Um, most of their life experiences on paper were pretty much the same. Um, so it's kind of interesting to me, you know, that, that they are very different from one another and they do have very different relationships with one another. And I wouldn't say that any of the relationships that the Murphy girls have with one another mirrors in any way, like a relationship that my mom has with one of her sisters. But it definitely lent me that insight of, you know, Sister A and Sister B have a different relationship than Sister A and Sister C. Um, and so I really, you know, I sort of thought about those family dynamics a lot when I was writing this story. Yeah, and Ansley, going back to her, um, I do like that she's, again, a real person. She's a great grandma, but she's also like, dang, I used to have a very quiet life. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. I love these grandkids, but, but I would like to go out and drink some rosé. And... Right. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, and I, and I think I wanted that for her. Like, I, I wouldn't, you know, you're thinking about writing a character that's older than you are and kind of getting in that mindset. And I think as children, we probably tend to think like, mom is going to be so excited that I'm coming home. You know, and really, I'm sure, I mean, mom's probably really excited when you come home for the weekend or the week. But when you're like, you know what, I think I'm going to be home for a few months. She's probably like, oh my gosh, you know. Um, and so I really was just trying to think like, surely you're a little bit conflicted about that. I mean, of course, they're really close and she loves them. And being a mom is like the most important thing in her life. But you know, at some point she has her own friends and her own job and her own relationships and things going on. Um, and I actually, I was speaking somewhere. Um, it was right when The Secret to Southern Charm, like when I knew it was coming out and I was talking about, you know, Ansley and, and having these three girls and all these grandchildren come back home. And I said, you know, that's every mother's dream, right? And I think it was the biggest laugh I've ever gotten in an audience. Like, <laughs> it was all these women, you know, that were probably like my mom's age or older. And they all just were just dying laughing. And a lot of them came up to me after and they were like, no, we do not want y'all to come back home when you leave. <laughs> well, and then to complicate this is that Ansley was a, a widow and, yes. and had to raise her daughter. And I I won't get too much into that because I think that's kind of a reveal in the first book too. Yeah. But um, she was a widow and had to raise her three girls uh, by herself and didn't mm -hmm. get a lot of help. Mm -hmm. And now they're going through their trying times and she feels like, okay, now it's my job to step up and get help. But mm -hmm. hey, I didn't get any help. Yeah. Um, so that is a really interesting battle that I think a lot of women can relate to. Um, but this, again, this discussion is why this book and these books make such good book club books. Like, obviously, I really just needed to talk to someone about Thank it. you for the plug. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously. So it's it's like a twofer. It's a beach book and then one you can go talk to your girlfriends about. Well, thank um, you. Well, you know, I always, when I tell people about this book, I'm always like, it's a great beach book. I mean, not only because it's a, you know, fun interesting read but the cover makes you feel like you can be on vacation both of the covers i think i've told you in my emails i'm just like i just love your covers um and i know a lot of the other reviews say that too what do you think makes a great beach book as a reader when you're looking for your vacation reads mm, that's a really good question um and I, I will say for one thing i think just being an escape you know, is, is always kind of nice. And I don't want to have to think too much, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think a little bit is good. I, I don't also don't like that feeling of like, wow, I just wasted 
four hours of my life, you know, but I think to not have to think too hard to just kind of like be on the journey with these characters um, and to feel something and feel like you can relate to them, but also just to feel like you've escaped a little bit. Uh, but also I tend to read thrillers on the beach because I don't like to read them at night. <laughs> So a lot of times I'll save up like all the, you know, scary books that I've wanted to read all year long and read them on the beach because, you know, I can fly through them and I'm very interested. And that's, you know, definitely a different kind of escape. Um, but I don't like to read them before bed because then I have like weird nightmares or I'm like, oh, what was that noise? You know, the slasher's coming for me. Um, <laughs> um, but but I think, you know, just those those traditional beach reads that that tend to take us um to a different place. And, you know, I love a good beach setting, obviously. I tend to write those. Um, and I live at the beach, so there's a lot of inspiration in that for me. Um, but, I, you know, I think those relatable characters that that you can sort of fight for and, and feel like you're sort of facing their battles with them, but also that, um, that you're getting to escape a little bit. That's so funny you said that about thrillers. My thing, I just realized this, I guess maybe during the last vacation, is I really love to read books about cold places when I'm on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, like rainy, if it's rain or if it's, you know, uh, you said that about um, cold, like the Norwegian, Swedish crime yeah. thrillers, like all that stuff where it's just like there's a snow, which is just so dumb because I'm on the beach, I'm sweating, but I don't want to like my mind wants to then cool off maybe. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, because you're like burning out. Well, it's like the opposite effect. It's like when it's cold and freezing, you want to read, you know, warm beachy things. And exactly. then when you're on the beach, you want to read about cold things. I like that. <laughs> I think that works. Well, yeah. Well, we talked a little bit about also the Southern influence and obviously it's in both the titles um, and that you were purposely trying to make a um, – a southern ambiance with the new town you invented <laughs> but do you think of these books as southern per se i mean or what does that well, mean to you and that's what's really funny um dear carolina my first book i definitely um thought of as southern i mean there's a character who talks with this really southern dialect it's set on this southern farm there canning and they're growing vegetables and these like really super southern things like so that to me was extremely southern um but then with these books and and my second book lies and other acts of love i remember when lies and other acts of love came out and i started getting reviews and people were talking about how southern it was and i was like really you know because to me it wasn't southern per se it was just my life and the same thing with you know peachtree bluff i mean i actually think that in some ways, you know, the Peachtree Bluff series is maybe the least Southern thing that I've written simply because a couple of the girls really grew up mostly in New York, um, which was a fun sort of thing for me to explore, like how they would be different, you know, growing up in New York versus growing up in the South. Um, But yeah, when I think of them, I'm not thinking, I'm not sitting down thinking, I'm going to write Southern fiction. It's just, it's where I live and it's what I know. And so I think for me, it's just normal. It's just writing a book, but to everybody else, it's super Southern. And I mean, Peachtree Bluff is undeniably a very Southern town, you know? Right. Yeah. I know. That's what I started thinking about. I'm like, I'm calling it Southern fiction, and it is in that it's the setting Mm -hmm. and that it's, um, you know, I guess maybe traditional in a way. Yeah, yeah. That maybe it wouldn't be, but if you stop and think about it, the New York thing was the thing that kind of made me stop. I'm like, no, because Caroline is very New York. Yeah. Um, her daughter starts off very New York. Um, you know, every, they've got this this huge connection to New York. Emerson lives, I guess, California. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking about, it. I'm like, you know, she's not talking about this. Isn't a Southern book in that like you're talking about collard greens and sweet iced tea? <laughs> right, right. It's very cosmopolitan. I mean, even some of the references, I'm like, I and I live in Dallas, and I'm like, right. oh, that's some fancy wine and appetizers <laughs> they got going there. I mean, <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, and I think you know, you live in Dallas, so you know. But I think the New South is kind of different. I mean, I think you know, I'm not necessarily talking about cornbread and collard greens, but I don't know that. You know, I could probably count on one hand the number of times I ate cornbread and collard greens going, growing up and, you know, mm-hmm. I lived in Salisbury, North Carolina. So, you know, I, I do think that, like, the South is changing and what is Southern is changing um, 
It's actually funny that you say that because I was thinking about this yesterday when I was thinking about writing the South. And I think, you know, in Dear Carolina, it is that very traditional South, like growing up in a, the plantation home and, you know, having the, the maid and the cook and, you know, those types of things that are just very, you know, sort of traditionally Southern that you kind of think about. But I think that Peachtree Bluff and these women are a little more new South. And even this town, you know, it's it's not the place where everyone's born and everyone dies. Like it's a little more transient. People come from different places. People aren't necessarily born and bred Southerners. And so I think you have that aspect too, but that is the South. You know, the South is not just people who were born here and are going to die here. You know, it's people who are coming from all over the place because they want to be warm too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But so I'm not sure that it's really even anything that I thought about when I was writing. It's not something that I think about at all. I don't think like, oh, I'm going to make this book Southern or, oh, they are calling me Southern fiction. Do I have to make sure it's Southern? It's just, you know, the story that I'm telling and it happens to be set in the South. And um, and I do think, you know, especially in The Secret of Southern Charm, like having the Southern grandmother um, or, you know, grandmother slash great grandmother, Ansley's mother, you know, having her um, as a part of this book does sort of add that little bit of a Southern flair. But in a lot of ways, she is not a traditional Southern grandmother at all. I, I would agree. Um, but I think, you know, she was definitely a good foil for Ansley, you know, and the kind of mother that she is versus the kind of mother that Ansley is. And not that one's right or one's wrong, but just um, that they just have a very different parenting style and had a very different way of raising their kids. And I think that Ansley was very much influenced as a mother by the way that her mother was, you know, she was very much, um, she didn't want to be the same kind of mother that her mother was. And that's very clear, Mm -hmm. um, especially, you know, in the second book. And I think a little bit in the first two, but she was very influenced by that. So um, really, really long story short, but, um, but yeah, (laughs) I I definitely think they're Southern fiction, but, um, but I'm not sitting down thinking, okay, how do I make this book Southern? It's just, you know, it's what I know. Well, yeah, and it comes across very organically. And um, similarly, the other organic thing that I think comes out is um, your design uh, influences. Because oh, Ansley is an interior designer. Yes. And um, you have a blog that is yes. quite well known it's design chic the design chic or just, just design, design chic, chic. yeah design chic mm-hmm. and um it's and it's all over your instagram i mean interior design and <laughs> yeah, and yeah. i think there's so many similarities between the two um yeah the the graciousness but the mod- modernity and like that that blend of traditional and modern um I, I mean, almost like your your design aesthetic is your book and vice versa. I, I don't know if yeah, maybe no, I'm overthinking I mean, it. No, you're totally not. And I think that was one of, like, as you put it, it was one of the very organic things about writing this book for me is, like, being able to create this interior designer character. Um, I mean, seven days a week, every day, like, I am writing about interiors. I'm looking at photos. I'm you know, reviewing products and talking to architects and designers and, you know, looking at fabrics and going to shows and touring houses and, you know, all of those things. So, I mean, while I am not a decorator per se, um, that is very much like, I guess my journalistic world at this point, you know, that's really what I write about on the blog and, you know, for publications and all that kind of thing. So, um, it was a very seamless transition, um, and kind of fun. And it was actually funny to me. Somebody said something about the secret to Southern charm. And they were like, Ansley's such a name dropper. And I was like, such a name dropper? What? <laughs> and I went back and looked and, you know, she'll be like, oh, well, you know, let's use like this Schumacher fabric or whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's name dropping. I think that's just being a decorator. Like, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're working with a brand. You can't just be like, oh, hey, we're going to stick a chair in that room, you know? So it was kind of funny because to me, like, I don't even think about it, but I was like, oh, I could see how someone would think that, but I think that's just your job, you know? Um, no, I think but... it makes it authentic, but there was a part of me, because I appreciate um, beautiful interior design. And in fact, I, I, I probably need some opinions on my dining room, but um <laughs> You know, so I'm reading this and I'm like, oh, I I don't know what that word means, but because I know Christy's taste, I bet that is really beautiful. Um, <laughs> well, and you know, and I think for me, it was kind of a way to pull my two worlds together. Um, 
And, you know, that is sort of where my following began, you know, was on Design Chic. And so I think for the people that I think a little bit like those references are like a little bit for my blog readers because, um, you know, those are the things that they love and love reading about. And so I definitely you know, thought of them when I was writing these books and I thought, well, I'll add, you know, things that are like maybe a little bit of an extra detail for someone who is a big design lover. But I also tried really hard to not, you know, like ruminate over the, the threshold choice or whatever, you know, like I want you to have a sense of place, but also I realize that everyone does not care like what color the piping on the sofa is, you know? Um, so I, I sort right. of try to like, um, and sometimes actually I would find myself like describing a room or something. And then in the next draft, I would be like, yeah, you know, we're going to take that down to the bare minimum. Um, just so that, you know, people who don't really care that much about design don't feel like, Oh, I'm really bogged down in all these details. Uh, but, I, but, you know, for me, it was just, it's fun and, um, and just something that was a good way to tie both of these things that I love to do together. Yeah. And I think it, again, kind of goes back to Ansley's character is it, it's how she looks at the world. I mean, right. she's looking at a house and going, that could really use some black shutters or, right. you know, she's <laughs> someone, she meets someone and she's like, they're, they're their linen pants are pressed. I mean, she's <laughs> right. just like that type of person that's noticing those details because yeah. that's how she is. And yeah. she will just recognize brand names and stuff because that's her job. But I didn't think of, it was overwhelming, but I did want to suggest, I don't know if you've done this or not, but I was like, you know, Christy really needs to make me a picture of what these houses look like. So. I do that every time. Oh, you do? If you guys, yes. Oh. So, yes. So that's what we always do launch week on the blog. We go through and like every house that's been mentioned in that book, we do like a home tour of. So like we'll go through and, you know, look at each room. And um, yeah, it's so fun. I've actually already done the ones for this one. And, you know, she's redoing Jack's house. And so that was like sort of one of the main focuses. But we did Jack's house this time. And actually, I'm glad you said that because I'll rerun Ansley's house. Guys, um, and I just want everyone to know, I yeah. did not know this. This was not like that's so funny. Fallon. We could have planned. Me about the thing. No, we didn't <laughs> plan this. I was like, because I'm reading it going, this sounds all so lovely. And I see her Instagram. I'm like, she could really put these things together. Okay, yay. So let yeah, me know when yeah. those come out. Yes. And, and I, um, I can't wait. That was actually my mom's idea. So I thought that was such good a job, good mom. idea. Yeah, good job, mom. Um, she and, and she does a lot of like, we do the blog together. So she does a lot of like finding, well, she does all of the finding of the pictures now, to be honest. Um, so I'm just sort of like the, the little writer over here. I don't, she does so much. Um, but, but yeah, so that's kind of one of the fun things is like dreaming what these houses look like and then finding to like show everyone what they look like. So that's funny that you say that. I love well, it. no, because I think a lot of authors, we use visual things when we're writing to help mm -hmm. us kind of create it. And, right. um, you know, I think this would be great to, and then sometimes, you know, we, I share my Pinterest board or whatever. Yeah. Like, These are my inspirations. And it's yeah. like a picture of Reese Witherspoon and Paris or whatever, you know, it's, it's yes. mean, cause I, it's all I got, but you've got like actual meat you can show people. So that's going to be so fun. No, it's totally not lame. And I, in fact, it's actually kind of impressive because whereas I have no trouble finding the house, people are always like, who would you want to play so-and-so in the movie? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't know. So, see, you're, you're better than I am. <laughs> I mean, you should have, like, a person in mind when you're writing a character. But I guess I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I always do. But then I don't. And then, well, like, my book that's about to come out later this year, yeah. I go to the Pinterest board all the time. And right now it's secret. And I've been trying to decide if I'm going to let it out or not because I yeah. don't – it's so strong for me. And I don't want to influence other people. You know, I'm like, right. this, there's like 30 pictures of the same actor. And well, now know. that's true too. You know, I hadn't really thought about that because I do think part of that – I think for me, like – just as a reader, and I don't know if you agree with us, but I so clearly have like these people in these places pictured that I think that's why sometimes it's hard for me to watch the movie. It's not because like the movie's better or worse or they differentiate from the plot or, but it's because like that room or that character just looked so different in my head, you know, yeah. <laughs> that it's like almost a jarring experience. Um, and actually with audiobooks, like that has been, I remember like hearing, you know, my first audiobook and being like, 
this is so weird because I've heard these characters in my head for a year and now like I'm hearing them in you know the way someone else has pictured them Mm. which is kind of funny do you do you listen to a lot of audiobooks um I do a decent amount um I do a pretty good amount of traveling and I I can't do anything on a plane like I can't read I can't or I mean obviously when I'm driving I listen to them but even on a plane like I can't read I can't watch TV because I get kind of motion sick so I listen to a lot of books on tape when I'm traveling um and I love them I have been listening to the I'm on the third book um uh, rich people problems. The first one was crazy rich age, rich Asians. And the second was China, rich girlfriend. And now I'm just like, those are the perfect things you want to listen to when you're like on a plane and you just want to like zone out. Um, but they're really funny and the accents are very good. I'm really excited about that movie. I think I'm going to suggest to my book club, we read at least the first book in yeah. that series and then go watch the movie together. I think it's coming out in August. Well, I mean, be- yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait for that. So hopefully I'll be all caught up by then and, you know, ready to go watch it. But the, I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, talk about a different world, like just an un, just unimaginable, like these people are so ridiculously wealthy and, you know, they're boarding their remodeled, you know, 747s and, you know, that are like their personal plane. I mean, it's just a total. Buying a hotel. Yeah. I mean, know, but, yeah. Buy, buying a hotel because the owner's a jerk or because the manager's a jerk and won't let their daughter stay there or whatever. I mean, it's, it's pretty crazy. Because it's raining and they need a room. Right. So, yeah. Right. So just buy the hotel. I mean, obviously, isn't that what you would do? That's what I would do. <laughs> sure. I don't, know how much, I don't know how much hotels cost in North Carolina, but. <laughs> oh, I'm totally kidding. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's funny. It's a fun, um, definitely a fun a fun listen. But, yeah, I love audiobooks. And I'm actually kind of new to them a little bit. I mean, I've listened to them here and there, but I've really gotten into them in the past couple months. So what else? Let's just go ahead. What else have you been reading or enjoying? Oh, that's a great question. Okay. Um, I'm actually reading two books right now and I'm, I hate it when I do that, but you know, sometimes it just accidentally happens that you're reading two at the same time, but I'm reading, um, True Places by Sonia Yerg, which is, um, it hasn't come out yet, but oh my gosh, I love it so much. It's about this, um, like feral child that they find in the woods been like sort of abandoned and has lived on her own in the woods and this very suburban mother and family um you know this mother finds her and um basically like long story short decides that you know her family needs to take this girl in and I think the thing that's so interesting about it is that it's like kind of an extraordinary situation but this family's so normal you know like this totally underappreciated mom who's always running from like sports practice to sports practice and volunteering for PTA and trying to make sure that her husband's world is perfect. And, you know, him coming home and being like, oh, don't you remember that business dinner in 20 minutes? You know, and like just that stress of like motherhood and so much to do and so much going on and so much busy in her life. And so I think it's very highly relatable in that way. But then also um, just this very extraordinary circumstance of like finding this child who's basically been living alone in the woods for two years. And like, how do you rehabilitate this person? Um, And so it's fabulous. I'm about halfway through it. And then I'm also reading, um, let me get this right. Family and other catastrophes, which I love that title (laughs) so much. Um, It's by Alexandra Borowitz and it's her debut, um, which always makes me excited. I always love to read debuts, but um, but she emailed me and I was like, send it to me, send it to me. I want to read it. So it is hilarious. I mean, like I am laughing out loud, like while reading this book, it is just, you know, this crazy family. It's the week before the protagonist's wedding. And, um, she has like this anxiety disorder and her mother is this therapist who is just like a lunatic and, um, is, you know, constantly diagnosing everyone in her life. And her, her sister is, I mean, I don't even know the word for it. Like feminist is not the the right word because, you know, we're probably all that. But like, ver- I mean, just like you can't say anything without her feeling oppressed by what you just said. You know, I mean, it's it's like a it's a very um, she's very militant. Maybe. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's a very it's it's hyperbole for sure, but it is just hysterical. I mean, it's just so, so funny. And then this kind of, you know, deadbeat brother who you know, it's like living off the parents and like, I mean, it's just, it's a hoot. I mean, really the book is so funny. And, um, so it's kind of a good, it's kind of a good contrast right now, you know, reading one that's like a little more serious and one that's like a little funnier. I know. Um, I was thinking, don't get your reviews mixed up because you'll be like, this is a hilarious story about a feral child. <laughs> exactly. I was laughing out loud at, you know, the hospital scenes. 
I, I stayed up too late. I didn't yeah. mean to, <laughs> to do that. Um, but yeah, but those are the two I'm reading right now. I'm getting ready to start The Optimist Guide to Letting Go by Amy Reichert. Um, yes. I love her. I've seen so that one excited. everywhere. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, and I actually just got, we're actually doing an event together in July in Topsail Beach. So I'm really excited to get to like see her and do an event together. And I think it'll be really fun. Oh, that sounds perfect. I'm just thinking like y'all need little coconut cakes and right exactly tea sandwiches or something tea sandwiches I was thinking maybe like little um little shrimp and grits yes yes bring it all together and some cider that sounds actually really delicious yeah Wisconsin meets the south right here we go it's perfect oh I love that you have a selection of uh southern beers and Wisconsin beers or something can I come? When's that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, when you totally funny. need to come. And it's, you're so close. I mean, it was just a hop, skip, and a jump to Topsail Beach. <laughs> two flights, a two-hour drive. You'll be fine. Oh. Um, anyway. I, I, I want to start traveling. I haven't done it in a while. But now, mm-hmm. now if there's going to be good beer and some cake there, I'll do it. Yes, exactly. Um, what book or genre would people be surprised that you like? Mm-hmm. I read a lot of nonfiction. Um, this is actually kind of strange that I ended up being an author but when I was growing up I wanted to be a doctor Um, and I've always been very very interested in science and I did a lot of science writing in college and um, thought about doing that like as a career um, because I I love science I'm very interested in it Um, and so I do a lot of I read a lot of nonfiction stuff a lot of like I'm really interested in like health and nutrition and and that kind of stuff not that I necessarily um, do all the things that I'm supposed to do (laughs) but I'm very interested in like you know genetics and epigenetics and sort of like all these new things that we're learning about like our DNA and you know that kind of thing um I think that would probably surprise people. They probably don't picture me like, you know, piled back with, you know, books about our telomeres and what's going to make them stronger. Um, but it's intense. That is really yeah. intense. Yeah. No, I'm thinking it, like the last science book I read was like Henrietta Lacks, <laughs> which was really good. Yeah. I really, I really liked that, but it wasn't super. No. Yeah. Me. But I, I mean, no, but it's just, you know, I mean, I, that's, I'm very, just very interested in it and I'm, I've always have been, and um, so yeah. But I, I definitely think people probably don't expect that. I me. wouldn't. I mean, yeah. going from dreams of being a doctor to beautiful design <laughs> blog and and contemporary Southern fiction. It's, yeah. It's well, and and it was so funny because I like my senior year of high school, I had this internship at a newspaper and just like fell in love with writing and journalism, and I really wanted to go to journalism school. My dad was like, "Are you crazy? Like, <laughs> you're gonna go to journalism school instead of going to med school? Like, no, that is a terrible idea." Um, but you know, it worked <laughs> out. So. <laughs> Sounds like a dad. (laughs) Well, I did want to ask, so what came first, um, writing a book or the blogging or or how did you get started writing fiction? Um, Okay, that's a good question. So actually, of all the things in the world, I had just finished my master's in multicultural and transnational literature, which is a very um, practical degree (laughs) if you're looking for a job. Um, You just, people are just knocking down your... My major was international studies. So, yeah, so I mean. same. Yeah, I mean, you're, well, though, yours is probably a little better because, you know, you have like probably a little business in there. Mine was like straight up like reading other cultures and stuff, which actually ended up being really useful for me as a Southern fiction writer. But at the time, I had no idea that's what I was going to do. Um, and I ended up going, I took a job in finance because it was 2008, which, if you remember, was not a great year for our country economy um, and I was having a really hard time finding a job and anything like fun and artistic and teacher-ish that I was wanting to do um, so I was actually working in finance I loved it it was a great job um, and I learned so much but I just sort of missed writing and I was doing some freelance work and um, actually just randomly my mom called me one day and she was like I really I feel like I need like a new hobby like something to kind of keep me challenged and I was like, oh, we should start a blog. And she, of course, was like, what's a blog? And it was a weird thing for me to even say because, I mean, you know, I graduated from journalism school in 2007. And, I mean, being a blogger was like a pejorative term. I mean, like that mm-hmm. was like the dregs of society. Um, you know, you – it was not in line with our, you know, very journalistic scruples. And so um, it was actually kind of funny. But I was writing for all these people's blogs and I was starting to see, like, this is something. Like, people, this is this is happening. Like, there's something to this. 
And so we were both redoing houses. And so my mom was like, oh, I love interior design. Like, let's write about interior design. And our plan at that point was to do it for one year. And we were going to, like, finish these house projects. And really, it was just a way for us to, like, share pictures with each other. And then, like, people started following us. And we were like, oh, okay. And then after about, like, a year, we had, like, a really good number of followers. And people started emailing us and saying, like, you know, I'll pay you to feature my products or, you know, could you, you know, write a blog post about us and like wanted to pay us money. And we were like, what? Like, I don't even know you could make money on a blog. Like it just wasn't even something that had ever crossed my mind. Um, and so it just kind of continued to grow. And um, we started just getting relationships with, you know, PR people and designers and architects. And it just sort of grew little by little. And the funniest thing was like, maybe like four or five years in, like we never told anyone, like we didn't tell like our friends or like our families even. I mean, obviously our husbands knew, but you know, it wasn't <laughs> like, I mean, we really didn't even tell anyone that we were doing this. And um, I remember one of my friends being like, um, do you have some sort of like secret side project that you would like to tell me about? Because yesterday I spent like two hours on this blog because I had, you know, was reading about, you know, in tables or something. I don't remember. And it came up on Google and she's like, finally, I was like, I should see who writes this. And she's like, and you're like my best friend. And I have no idea that you've been doing this for like years of your life. Um, so it really has just been something that's kind of grown organically and, um, and it's turned into a great business for us. And it's just been it's been fun and you know we've always said like we'll do it as long as it's fun and we'll always sort of stick to like our core values and what we want to write about and what we want to talk about and um and if it ends one day it ends but um you know for now like we're eight years in and it's just been it's been incredible so um so yes that was first sorry um all of that to say um but so that's that came first and um I don't know. I, I honestly cannot even tell you why I decided to write a book. It was just, I got this wild hair one day. I was like, I want to do something like really big. And this sounds crazy, but I was getting ready to turn 25. And I was like, I want to like, just do something big. And I wasn't planning on even trying to get published, like nothing like that. I didn't even know if I could write a book. Like, I don't think that's something that you know, right? I mean, did you know mm-hmm. that you could write right. a book? Yeah. I mean, no, I so, mean, I started off yeah. with lots of short pieces and then one day kind yeah. of looked at it was like, that's close to a hundred thousand words. Why am I not writing a book? But yeah, yeah, still it's so to continue a bunch of short pieces into a full length plot and all that is terrible. It's a very different thing. It's a very different thing. And so I just wanted to do it for fun. And um, I, I mean, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And just, you know, the way the characters kind of took over the story and things I wasn't expecting to happen started happening. And um, so I kind of put that to the side and thought, well, let's see if I can do it again and worked on another one and kind of put it to the side and said, okay, let's see if I can do it again. And um, I wrote a third. And um, that's when I was like, you know, I think this is something that I really want to do. And um, got an agent and got a publisher. And it, it was not easy. Like I'm saying it right now it was not easy at all. But I'm just, but you know, you're summarizing. You're summarizing. Time, I'm summarizing. <laughs> so if anyone's like, what do you mean? You just got an agent. You just got a publisher. It wasn't exactly that easy. But, um, but yeah, I think, no, you was. know, Christy just calls up editors and says, I'm yeah, write a book. Just, and they go, okay, Christy, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, right. Isn't that what everyone does? I just thought that's what happened. Yeah. No, I will say oh. everything about this job has been like maybe a little, you know, a little harder than people would expect. <laughs> I'm getting ready to go on a five week book tour. And I was just having my teeth cleaned. And the hygienist was like, did you have any idea that you would be doing this? And I was like, no, none. I mean, I thought I would do like three book signings and, you know, be done. But, um, but it's so fun. And I love it. And it's just like one of the most unexpected surprises and like great parts of doing all of this. So um, you just never know where life's going to take you stars they're just like us they get their teeth clean too <laughs> yeah because I'm such a star Sorry. but no, my husband my husband's a dentist which is really funny and like I haven't had my teeth cleaned and like I mean it's probably only been like six and a half months but really like you're the dentist wife you should probably have your teeth cleaned like a lot right I so mean, we call me this there like every week right yeah right I mean and I'm in there all the time so like there's no excuse at all but you know they're busy they have a really full schedule so I was like working out this morning he called me and he was like can you be here at 10 30 and I was like I'm super sweaty. I have to go home and shower. He was like, just, you've got to get your teeth clean before you leave. And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Honestly, I I just thought of like 10 more questions I need to ask you now, but we've okay. got to move on to the lightning round. So I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll hit you it. up later. And, okay. Um, but but we got to move on. Now, okay. now I want to know about teeth whitening and oh, so many things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Are you ready for the lightning round? I'm ready. I'm a little nervous. Okay. No, don't <laughs> okay. be nervous. You're going to okay. love it. Okay. Dark or milk chocolate? Oh, milk. Really? <laughs> That's, I don't know why I'm surprised by that. Like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Coffee or tea? Tea. When your phone rings, do you answer it? No. <laughs> Just honest. <laughs> no, I don't. No, that's fine. How do you normally waste time on the internet? Mm, oh, Instagram. Like, I could just spend hours. <laughs> oh, I bet your Instagram's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like so many designers. And, then, and you know, you just get down the hole of like, you see something and then you're like, oh my gosh, I know that person whose house they just designed. And then you're like looking at them and they're like, oh, their dog's so cute. You know, and then it's like been 45 minutes and you've just wasted, you know, half your day. So. You know what I'm really loving is the following hashtags. I really appreciate that yes. now because mm-hmm. I can kind of go through and just, just see some, some of those interests. But I really wish they would let right. us put people into lists because, mm-hmm. you know, some days I want to see like what my like on Twitter. kids are up to. And some days. Yeah. 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 And some days I want to be like, yeah. I need some home design tips. So I know. Yeah. It's, I'm, sh- I'm sure they're working on that maybe. Oh, that's like, that's all a right, really good idea. Me. I totally agree. Because sometimes I feel like I miss like all my friends' kids' pictures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. That's a good idea. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to Instagram about that. Yeah. We on, <laughs> on your next vacation. <laughs> Will you be at the mountains or the beach? The beach, ironically, even though I live at the beach. But I just, I love the beach. And when it's cold outside, I want to be warm and tropical. Okay. But I love the mountains too, but I'm just a beach girl. Well, North Carolina's got both. So that's why you're so Yeah. So that's, that's the good part. Mm -hmm. Do you call it soda or pop? Mm. Do you know what? I don't think I've ever said either one of those words. Like I say Coke or cheer wine or whatever. Like I I don't think I've ever said like I'd like a soda or I'd like a pop. I've definitely I mean I'd be more likely to say soda than pop, but I think I would just say like Coke or cheer wine or you know, North Carolina girl gotta put in a plug for cheer wine. But yeah, I don't I don't but soda, definitely not pop. Okay. Yeah, Texas is more of a Coke place too, but we're headed yeah. They get soda too, but yeah, yeah. Be like, what Coke? What kind? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Are you more likely to buy a book with a cover, um, with a cover featuring abs, or with a cover featuring the beach? (laughs) I'm gonna say the beach. I don't think I've ever bought one featuring abs, but I'm not (laughs) against it. I'm not against that. I maybe could use some of that in my life. You know, I don't know. (laughs) Those are the science, but quote science books you read. (laughs) yeah I mean yeah quite yeah beach science ab science I mean well you know if actually if you think about it that way I'm sure I've bought covers with books with abs (laughs) on the cover about you know like your this workout you're gonna do in five minutes it's gonna change your life or something yeah all right the very important last question what are your feelings about turning to the last page of a book first oh no 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 Mm -mm. No, I just, I could never. No, it just ruins it. Then I'm like, why am I even reading the book? No. And I mean, you always, I mean, not always, but I mean, like a lot of times, I mean, like in my books, you know, it's going to happen. It's not like, oh, like you're shocked and shaken when you get to the end. I mean, hopefully there's like a fun surprise or twist like somewhere, but I mean, you know, they say there's seven stories or whatever. So, you know, in like genre fiction, you probably kind of know it's going to happen, right? I think with genre fiction, but I was going to say, no, I did not know what was going to happen at Slightly South of Simple. You, you, you. You okay, good. All right, well, that makes me happy. That makes yeah. me happy. Yeah, but no, I mean, I, but that said, I love to read historical fiction. And obviously, I mean, 90% of the time, it's a very well-known historical figure and I know what's going to happen, but I still, I love <laughs> just like the anticipation of getting to the end. I remember reading like the other Boleyn girl that, I mean, it was a while ago. I mean, it was a long time ago, but it was like one of the first historical fiction books that I was really like, just so into. And I'm like, I know exactly what's going to happen. Why am I so anxious right now? Like, I know how the story ends. This is not going to be like a surprise <laughs> ending to me, but I was so caught up in the story. And I remember just thinking like, Yes, like if you can do that, like that is, you know, that's impressive work right there. Yeah. Um, no, the same thing with me. My husband and I were watching uh, the Ken Burns documentary, uh, North and yeah. South. 
Yeah. Or Civil War, not North and South. Yeah. That's a different show. Um, Civil War. And I'm getting so, like, what's going to happen? Why have, what's yeah. the, this battle going to be? And, and you know, and then sometimes I think there are little parts of history that you forget too. But, but yes, and I, I would not, although I will have to say upon occasion, I shouldn't admit this because we've already gotten through and I don't even have to say this, but I watched The Bachelor, which is like a huge character flaw, I know. But sometimes I will like look on the internet and I will like to see what's going to happen at the end because I just like really need to know. And then I'm usually mad at myself, but I wouldn't do it in a book. Okay, since we're talking about reality TV, I will say Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you something else. Do you watch Southern Charm on Bravo? I mean, religiously. I mean, I love it. I mean, I that like, is she just, seems too classy for that. that so I'm not gonna add TV. No, I mean, that's I think my they're, favorite. They're, yeah, it's totally my favorite. I mean, and I just and to be honest, like I will, I used to be like a huge reality TV junkie, and now I'm kind of like I'm like a little bit over a lot of it. Like I think a lot of it's just gotten like a little bit too salacious. But oh, I love some Southern charm. And season two at the beginning, I think that was when it like really hooked me when they were having the second baptism for the baby because the first godmother was flirting with the father. And I was like, you cannot write TV like this. Like this is just, it's too good. I mean, it's just too good. (laughs) I don't know when the new season starts, but we need to get your publicist to get your book on the show. <laughs> Secret to could Southern you, Charm. Cameron needs that? to be like carrying this around. Yes, we're gonna, <laughs> Thomas needs to be like, they need to have a shot of him in his plantation. And like, he's he's got this book on the side. Come on, come on people, I, I we're gonna do this. I know, I know, it needs to happen. <laughs> it definitely needs to happen. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Like I said, I think we could talk for another hour. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. It really, really was. I had a ball. Thank you for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please go to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a review. And if you want to share your love of a book with the world, you can go to our Facebook page and leave a comment. Or, this is the fun part, I have an actual phone number in our show notes. Call, leave a message about a book that you loved and you want the world to know about, and I will try to play your voicemail on the air so that you can be a part of this podcast, which, after all, is all about reading and readers. This is Lindsay Emery on Women With Books. Keep reading.